welcome back. It's at the Coffee Table Podcast. This is episode 99 of the, the At the Coffee Table Podcast. Special. I know we need to we need to kick it up a notch for and you know what? It's actually falling in at a very good time. We'll get to number 100. It'll be the beginning of the new year or just before it. I, I mean, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to kick this up a bit. Oh, you don't want you don't want to do this next week? Uh, Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, we get to 100, 101, you know, we're going to think, step it up a notch or two. But in case you didn't know, I'm Jason Clank, and I'm here with my co-host, Bob Kahn. And again, this is at the Coffee Table Podcast. Today we're talking about music, and music, um, you know, can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And Bob has a very, very big background in music and and, and is very um, talented in the, the ability to, to play music and uses guitar and um you know i just we thought it was a a good topic to dive into yeah music music whoa sorry about that music is something that everybody listens to doesn't matter what genre um but music is part of your life you know they're, they're, they're in that movie um field of dreams where he says baseball baseball has been with us well Music is like that, too. I doubt there's any day that a human being that has access to music doesn't listen to it at least a little bit. You know, yeah, no matter how rushed sure. you are, whether, whether you're walking down the street, you know, you might listen to a podcast, but you're going to listen to music at some point. Um, I prefer the old radio stations where... You know, it wasn't just a repeat of everything, but that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> music, I was just, you know, it, it's what's interesting about music, and it's been written all over the place, is that yeah, whatever mood you're in, it seems to find the music to fit. If you're yes. feeling great, all of a sudden they're playing music like, yeah. If you're at the beach, it's like, how do they know I'm here? If you're yeah. down, there's or you're. Say you just broke up with your your special person. Um, it, it's just an amazing thing. And here's the best part. Think of how much music has been created since it was started on 13 notes. That's it. Yeah. See? And, it, and it's so funny that you, you said that because I think back to <laughs> the more dark time in my life. Um, and... Like I used to call it, I used to go for a run. I used to put on my angry music. It was just hard, hard rock. And it was just, that was the mood I was in, just an angry, angry mood. Um, and, but I'd get, you know, I'd, I'd put on my, my hard rock and, and, you know, listen to Stained or, um, God, now I'm drawing a blank, but uh, some of the, the harder rock groups out there. Um, and, but now it's like if I'm feeling like kind of jovial, even when I'm cooking, like I, I enjoy cooking. I and if I'm in the kitchen and I'm and yeah, and I'm happy cooking, I'll play Sinatra and big band music just because I find it uplifting and it kind of fits the mood of being in the kitchen. Yeah, that's that's interesting because I remember we lived on Long Island and um all my relatives were in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So we'd be driving along now. My father was the kind of father who owned, if it was the TV, he owned it. Oh, yeah, mine was the same way. 
and he would play classical music. Now, I happen to adore all forms of music. There are exceptions. I won't get into it, but pretty much all forms. But at eight years old, I wanted to hear rock and roll. Rock and so roll. So we'd have these fights. Ah, oh, we'd complain in the backseat, and he'd say, if I got to, you know, the old dad thing, if I got to pull over, and I got to get back, you know. But uh, I thank him and my mother for giving my sister and I appreciation of music. You know, because as far as we were concerned, there was only one kind of music. It was called rock and roll. Right. You know? But um, because of how they raised us, again, there was always music. It just may not have been what we wanted to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, it was it so funny. It's so funny you say that. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because I, I can remember being in the car, a young kid. Again, the old man, he he was in control of the radio. And for him, it was, you know, then it was classic rock, but, but it was rock music from the 50s and 60s. I would have accepted that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and, and, it, and rock it's so, music was from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. <laughs> right. It, it, well, what's so funny now is the, the music I grew up on, you know, the the, the hair bands, you know, the glam rockers and, and yeah. that that's all classic rock now. And I'm like, when did that become classic rock? <laughs> I think it's decade by decade. Now, it's interesting because yep. um, I was just before we got on the hour, I was playing. Oh, for, for those who don't know and don't follow me, uh, I play guitar. I sing when I have a voice to sing. I'm a songwriter. And to, for some reason, I've been listening to the Beatles for the last two weeks. Um, and yeah, in this, it, obviously they're classic rockers. They're not making any more music, but I'll bet you, and I will not be around for it a hundred years from now, they'll still be playing the Beatles. That's yeah, Oh yeah, for sure. Without music. a doubt. Yeah. There, there's, you know, rock bands, as we know, come and go pop, Pop stars come and go, boy bands come and go, girl bands come and go. Yeah. But there's certain like Sinatra will be around forever. Um, all all the, the great jazz singers, the Ella Fitzgeralds, the Sarah Vaughns, the Mel Tormes, and so on and so on. Uh, again, thank you, mom and dad, for showing me that. I'll bet you there is not a few a person in this country who has never heard chestnuts roasting on an open fire oh, yeah. no, or may of course not king cole copied copied yep. it covered it yep you know but um music is part of your life and if you don't think so you imagine a movie without music it would sound right. about like this what we're doing but yep. the music lifts. If if it's a happy mood, there's happy music. If it's a you know somebody's about to get killed, it's a different kind of music, and so on and <laughs> so forth. Um, and um, it, it just amazes me how much music is part of our lives in every way, shape, and form. You can't do a commercial without music, right? There's introduction right. music. We have a, a a piece of music for introducing the program. Right. Yeah, you know, and I'm sitting here playing with all the music things that the platform has. I wish I up uploaded some better music. Um, but you know, I and it's funny because 
you know, I've always, like you said, music kind of infiltrates every part of your life. And you you remember movies from music. You remember soundtracks. You remember your first concert. I was just talking about that not too long ago. First concert. And my first concert was Bon Jovi and Skid Row at the Carrier Dome here in Syracuse. And I really oh, wow. didn't know Skid Row. I didn't know much about him. And I can remember walking up to the dome and you could hear Sebastian Bach just wailing away at his high pitch. I'm like, what in the hell is that? Um, <laughs> it, it, I, I grew into, I grew into Skid Row, you know, as the years went on, but you know, those, those kind of memories are, are all part of music. My first concert, since I'm a lot older than you are, was in 1960s and the headliner, you ready? who was still doing rock and roll at the time was Paul Anka. Paul Anka. Yeah. And uh, my friend, Eric, I hope you're listening. He, he, he has a genius of doing things. He collected all our stubs, the ticket stubs, and yep. was able to, I have not to this day figured out how he did it. He went to the ticket booth and got refunds. But we never got our refund. He kept it because it was his idea. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how he did that. But speaking of, you know, you go into a concert and there's a band you're not familiar with. My friend and I were going to a concert in Long Beach Arena in California. It was the first farewell tour of, oh, my mind just went blank. I cannot believe it. Steve Marriott. Oh, brain. It keeps going in and out. Anyway, I'll come. It'll come around. And this band called Journey was opening up. Who the hell were they? And yeah, right. um, Iron Butterfly was the second act, you know, in Agata Devita. I don't know if you ever heard that song. And um, Humble Pie. Thank you, Brain. Humble Pie uh -huh. was in their, they, they, they were on their way to the first goodbye. Anyway. Yeah, we figure who cares if we missed the first act well as it turned out like most concerts they don't start on time right so we're sitting down and we were you know already bored because you know who the hell's journey who gives a crap come on bring on iron butterfly well you know you know who journey is now well oh yeah the original lineup was pure hard rock it wasn't yeah you know pop songs when steve joined the band yep and uh it was stunningly amazing how good they were, you know. And uh, the next day I drove, I lived on the beach in California. I drove into Hollywood to get the album at Tower Records. And uh, I still like the, the new version, but the old version was still mind-blowingly good. You know? <laughs> what What was the, uh, what's the worst concert you've ever been to? <laughs> People are going to hate me. <laughs> Bob Dylan and Tom Perry, Bob Dylan and Tom Perry, Perry, Petty, Petty. Were, yeah. were touring together. And Bob, obviously, Tom Petty opened the show. He was a phenomenon performance. Yeah. I just, to me, I can't stand listening to Bob Dylan sing. So that was probably the worst. So wow. I'll give you mine. That's that's almost at that level. Same <laughs> is I was living in Virginia Beach in the time, and this is probably uh, late '90s, mid to late '90s. And Virginia Beach had an amphitheater, and Stevie Nicks 
came to do a concert at the amphitheater. You didn't like her? She was a train wreck. Well, she. go ahead. I was going to say, so she would do, she would perform a song, everybody clap and cheer, and yet she would cry after every single song just about, <laughs> just, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm like, she is an absolute mess. Oh, drugs are a wonderful thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, cocaine will do that to you. Yeah. Couple of stories about Fleetwood Mac. I learned, you know, kind of backstage talk when they recorded rumors. I don't know if she was messed up, drug wise, yeah. but it, there's a story that goes that on uh, I forget which song she was so bad and so pitchy, they literally had to record note by note by note. So they would be okay, sing, stop. Oh, jeez. Then I mean, she was the ultimate hippie, and you put money into hippie, it doesn't change the person. So they recorded, I think it was rumors of the next album, in a chateau in France. Oh. Right. Now, this is a woman who's got, at this point, they've got millions of dollars, right? Because rumors was humongous. <laughs> she uh. to Pier 1 and buys furniture for the room she was in so it would look like home. And oh. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. She lives in L.A. in a mansion, and her furniture is furnished by Pier 1. <laughs> no offense <laughs> to Pier 1, I'm just saying. <laughs> you're right, right. Yeah, you think it would be, yeah, I guess yeah. what you're saying. You know, I got, I have a million, I mean, I remember that when I lived in L.A., I went there, by the way, I, I transferred in a job I was working on in the garment center, but my goal was to get to California because that's where, um, my genre is country rock, like the Eagles, etc. Yeah, and that's where it was coming from. Yeah. So, I I there's a I get to audition for the L.A. music something or other, and if they liked me, I would get fifteen. You everybody have heard of McCormick Park? It's a big park in L.A. Excuse me. Yeah. Big yeah. lake. They were going to have a concert of new artists, and the audience would be nothing but record producers, record labels, and I would get 15 minutes to sing my songs. Oh, wow. So I auditioned, and I, apparently I did well because they accepted me, and then they asked if I sung in a different language, and I cracked them up. I said, are you kidding? I got enough trouble with English. <laughs> that got me in the door. So they said, well, we want to do a warm-up gig, and we'll continue giving you gigs. They weren't exactly paid gigs. They never said they were going to provide any money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in fact, they wanted donations. So the first gig was in the Los Angeles County Woman's House of Detention. And, uh, Rough crowd. It was... <laughs> You, it was kind of a youth thing, but I think I think it went up to like in the age age thirty or something like that. Now, I've never been to a jail before. I don't know <laughs> what you're supposed to and not supposed to do in a jail, and that's you're that's right. important, you know. So I brought my two friends. So one was the roadie, one was my tech, because I had a sound system. As we're walking from the car to the entrance, you know, we're carrying up my guitars and stuff. We're getting wolf whistles and everything else. And I'm like, I don't know if to be excited or scared. <laughs> <laughs> so we get inside, we set up, and we're about a half a mile from where they're sitting. There's a prison, right? right? It's not in my head yet. This is a prison. 
And, uh, you know, I do the first song. Yeah, they love it. And somebody yells out, we want to see you afterwards. We haven't seen guys in so long. And, of course, they got in trouble for opening their mouth. And we're like, <laughs> it's bright. <laughs> now, you don't want to do it. If, if it's daylight, you do a bright concert. So yeah. this is what got me in trouble. I said, can we turn the lights down a little? And a guard comes over and goes, uh, this is a prison? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never made it to McCormick. And, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is a lesson in reading the room. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. I mean, we had fun. But um, I got to meet over time because I've worked in um, guitar stores and stuff. And... Um, there are rock and roll rock and roll stars as my friend troy used to say and there are musicians who are happen to be rock stars yeah well there was a guy from canada aldo novo one hit wonder who had a slight attitude problem and the two techs we had were road warriors along with being they were players and road warriors so they didn't stand for crap yeah he comes in takes his he had a gig that night apparently i don't know where i'll assume it was madison square garden he was pretty big at the time he lays his guitar on the counter like kapoom. yeah and uh, they say hey how you doing my name is aldo novo okay mr novo no uh, you know they open it and they say okay uh, and i don't know what was wrong with it he goes, okay, uh, it's uh, 3 o'clock. I'll need it by 5. And they went, sure, Thursday. This was Tuesday. No, you don't understand. I have a gig tonight, and I have to use this guitar. We understand. Thursday. The owner of the store comes out, and he was a suck-ass when rock stars came in. I oh, mean, sure. Steve Friedman was a super nice guy, a good businessman, but what a suck-ass. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're hearing me, Steve. Right. And he goes, what's the problem? You know, and um, he got it Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You yeah. know, I was thinking, too, how, you know, I so I I was a band geek in high school because um, my stature, I'm just it was too small to play sports, you know, and organized teams. Play? What do you play? Um, so I played trumpet. And then my senior year, they asked me to switch to baritone. They needed more baritone players. Um, but I was such a half-assed musician because I, I don't know. I got into it as an activity in high school. I didn't fully embrace it. I didn't get the reps in. I didn't get the practice in that I should have, but I tell you what, the music, we always played big bands music and that's probably how I ended up enjoying cool. so much big bands music because, um, for, for concert band and for field band, we, and our directors were, that was just the genre they picked especially for field band, it has such great effect when you were doing marching band stuff. Yeah. And man, I tell you what though, it, it, and I was such a half-assed musician that like, I didn't even take responsibility for my instrument. Like the first instrument my parents had rented, you know, this, this brass trumpet and yellow brass trumpet. But I, I just, I, I dropped it. The bell was, was bent back and it, and it got so bad that the directors, the band directors had to go to my parents it's a he he needs a different horn because what he's playing it just sounds like garbage so they had to rent <laughs> take back this damaged one rent uh uh and and then i got a, a silver 
silver trumpet like the rest of the trumpet line or most of the trumpet line at the time because that was the thing. Uh, but I tell you what, playing like Porgy and Bess and oh. and some of those those big band songs. And you, and you did the, the steps to it. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was a lot of fun. But I tell you what, even in high school, I played with musicians that they at the at you know were 16, 17, 15, 16, 17 years old, somebody 18 years old. And there were some musicians that I played with in high school that you could just tell they were they were destined to do great things because they were so talented. Mm -hmm. Um and but I made I made some of my best friends you know, playing music and being, being in high school band. It's almost like a fraternity. Um, when I was in a couple of bands in LA, one band knows another band and, and you go to each other's concerts and, you know, and was what I found amazing was how many bands were amazing, but never got signed. And right. they were better than a lot of the popular ones that were going around. Oh yeah. Um, and, but they still, you know, they they made their music. It's like my my daughter's uh, partner, as she called them, Scott Tipping. Who, if you ever want to know what great guitar playing is, that's not a name brand worldwide. Go on YouTube and just type in Scott Tipping, T like Tom, I P like Peter, P like Peter, Ing, Ing, <laughs> I N G. Yeah. Anyway, he has he's toured. I mean, he's open for a lot of big people, and, and he's known. He's a superstar in and around Chicago area. Um, but he, I believe he could have made it big if he wanted to, but he didn't care. Right. You know, and that's the people you want to see because they do it for the music. Yeah. You know, I've played gigs I didn't get paid, and then I played gigs where I got paid, but might as well not have gotten paid not have gotten i'm new english not have gotten <laughs> <laughs> put that in the dictionary you know but uh, music itself is is just amazing yeah um it could it, it could you can close your eyes and it's you can just take a trip yeah and, and you know what i've i think some of the best music i've heard is is even the, like local musicians you know, like you said, they are not named brands. They're not signed to a label. And we've got quite a few local musicians just where I, I even worked with a, a girl at 911 that she, you know, has a fantastic voice. And, and so with some encouragement, you know, she had put together a, a rock band and this is probably 10, 12 years ago, put together a rock band. They, they would go all over the local area doing shows, but it do some, mm. just some kick-ass shows um, and then the band breaks up, but her and her drummer and one of the guitar players kind of stick together. Now they do acoustic sets. They do acoustic shows. So the drummer, he's not even playing the drums. He's playing like a drum beatbox thing yeah. and he has some other percussion instruments. And then it's just the acoustic guitar and her singing. Cool. And that's their niche now is, is just that acoustic, acoustic sets. There's a, when you're playing small rooms, that's probably better. Yeah. You know, my my daughter, who I've talked about before, I I told the story where she's a, she was a child prodigy on the clarinet. Not my words, her teacher's words. Yeah. And then she was playing in the pit for the Union High School in New Jersey has one of the top 100 
performing arts companies in the nation. Yep. And she's playing in the pit, looking up on the stage going, hmm, I wouldn't mind doing that. Now, yeah. other than singing in the shower or humming a song, or I had, we had no idea she could sing. Yeah. So one day she goes in and she was doing backup singing for her friend, Bridget. Apparently, she must have been one hell of a backup singer because the the head of the pack said, you, come here. How come you're not trying out, blah, blah, blah? Well, she comes home and says, guess what? You know, I'm in, I'm in the performing arts company. We're doing what? Singing. Singing. Right? <laughs> doesn't practice at home. Doesn't sing at home other than in the shower. She got this third lead part in Les Mis in the high school with production, which was amazing. She played the, wow, man, the woman that dies. If you've mm -hmm. ever seen the show or the movie, she's the one that, you know, her daughter, Fontaine, and so on. Anyway, so she comes out. She comes out in the ensemble, and she's doing the background singing. And then she does I Dream the Dream. There was not a dry eye in the place, and I'm like, "Oh, that's phenomenal!" Holy crap! <laughs> right? And then, if, if you know the show, her dying scene, there's a song. Right? She's singing to. She's, um, she sees her daughter, um, John Bell John is at her side, and she sings a song. Again, not a dry eye in the place, and one of the the one of the leads who plays John Bell John's father is like 18 feet tall. You know, a man's man kind of man. And he says, yeah. your daughter's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, she had a nice voice. And then the next year, they did another show. Well, they did The Wiz in her senior year. Again, I don't know what part she's playing because she didn't talk about it. Still doesn't tell us what gig she's coming to. She'll tell us when the gig's booked. Well, the way they did it, there's a scene where... It, it, if you know the Wiz, it's a black production, but didn't have a black high school. We had a very, very integrated high school. So six football players, bare-chested, a carrying, um, what the hell you call it? Something to sit on. But my mind is shot. <laughs> anyway, so we're sitting in the back of the auditorium, and they're behind us. And I, we just kind of notice them. And all of a sudden, this voice starts blowing out the place i go who the hell is that that was my daughter she hadn't taken a lesson yet right? and, and let the record show we tried to book bob's daughter on the show i'm not giving up i'm not giving up and, and she hasn't graced us with her presence so if she's listening yeah. we'd love to have you on yeah. the podcast <laughs> and why did i bring this up because you should always encourage your kids to try everything, whether it's Absolutely. sports or whatever. Yeah. But if they have some kind of talent, let's say they're pretty good playing the clarinet or the trumpet or whatever, encourage them to do the other parts of it. Sing. Yeah, yeah. Well, they can't sing. Well, that's what everybody starts out, not being able to sing. But it's surprising how good you can get if you keep singing. Yeah. And the better you get on your instrument, believe it or not, the better you'll get at singing. Now, some people can't carry a tune with a suitcase, but you can learn how. Yeah. 
Some people are naturally not pitchy. They have amazing voices. You don't know until you try. Yeah. And her world has opened up. She was going, she wanted to be at one point, she wanted to be both in the pit and on the stage at the same time. <laughs> then she wanted to be the musical director on the stage and in the pit at the same time. Well, she has make see the first the first rule in my opinion of being a musician is make all your money from your being a musician so yeah. she is now a world-class musical director not my words she is a keyboard player she learned how to play keys in college at the end of college she can play gigs that's pretty good so she practiced a lot she is a vocal teacher she's a performer she plays guitar she plays ukulele um and it all started because one day she went to back up a friend bridget so you never know where it's going to come know. from yep music is something that makes people happy and um my goal is to push music around the world so everybody I wish I had I have a vision of opening a school of the arts where the students come for free and it's supported by the arts yeah because there's people out there that are just as good as Frank Sinatra was but they'll never know just like those bands we used to see in bars yeah and it's funny that you, that you had said you, you you kind of wrapped that story in a bowl with you know just go out there and sing but um, so I have a mutual connection here, Syracuse, Joe Altier and Joe's an amazing performer. Joe started out in, in, in a hard rock band and brand new sin. And from that, and, and that's in his very young days, you know, hard rock band partying, whatever, but out, you know, within the course of his career, his music career, he's been able to do, uh, national recordings. Like he's done. One of the things that comes to mind for me for him is like he sang the entrance song for one of the pro wrestlers. The WWE <laughs> had hired him to write and perform a song for one of the pro wrestlers. That's cool. And to this That's day, cool. he had, and, and then that same pro wrestler changed wrestling organizations. And when he changed wrestling organizations, he couldn't take the song with him because he didn't have the copyright. So oh, Joe man. sang him another song. So he has a whole new Joe Altier <laughs> song for his entrance. Um, but like this guy is so talented that he, he could he can sit down with his keyboard and cover anything yeah that 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 it's developing the ear i mean i read the i remember the days with the albums on a turntable you know wearing it out going i want to learn this song and you do it track by track stop try yeah. to play it oh then you got to bring it back you know digital it made it a little easier because you have it on your screen so you could just slide it back and forth yeah you know? But um, I had one quick story, um, if I can remember his name. Uh, should have thought of this beforehand. The band Anthrax. The band oh. Anthrax was just getting started back in 1984, 83, 84. Ian Scott, who was the lead, one of the lead uh, guitar players, um, comes into the store. And there's a guy working there who's... And I apologize because I cannot remember his name. Anthony Spitz, <laughs> Spitz was his last his last name. He's a, he was about five five, 
fuck what a whiz on a guitar this kid could yeah. play his butt off right <laughs> we just for some reason we didn't get along but i couldn't say that he didn't play the guitar right well he and ian hit it off he ends up leaving obviously working and ends up being the lead guitarist for anthrax well i'm not an anthrax fan because i'm not a heavy metal fan but they were great yeah i think i already told the story before they became great they had some lessons to learn of course you know and music being the funny way again music is a fraternity so everybody on the street 48th street in manhattan that used to be music row um would go to each other's gigs so they anthrax was doing a gig in brooklyn in a big auditorium um so we get there and be behind the band there's four four high six across of marshall cabinets right marshall is an amplifier mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they look like they were lit meaning they were on not just there for show okay they were copying cream cream that but cream's amps were never on they were there for show they might they don't need they were micing their own amps and they had a mixer they didn't mixed into a sound system right anyway so they play it is nothing but sheer white noise <laughs> you don't play heavy metal is played at 11 on a 10 scale right right so after, so after the gig spitz comes over and goes what'd you think what'd you think and we went um question and then we asked them about the amps were they lit yeah isn't that cool well i hate to break it to you but because they were so loud all we heard was white noise needless to say they did not do that again and, from, <laughs> and they took off after that and so i heard a story that he's retired in buffalo making watches uh you know when you got a lot of money you could do whatever you want absolutely <laughs> but music will take you everywhere you want to go if you let it practice unlike yep. my friend here jason and <laughs> it's to me it's all about dreams you know me and dreams yep if you have a dream you want to be a star don't try don't don't put yourself together to be a star put yourself together to be a musician or a singer or a dancer or an artist for the art you cannot make yourself a star that has that you're that's out of your control first goal should be making the livelihood from your art yeah and then if you happen to be in the right place at the right time and somebody goes i want you you <laughs> the rest will take care of itself because one thing about it cream rises to the top and if you don't believe so then how the hell did roger maris get discovered from south dakota <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with music. <laughs> and I tell you what, that's a great place to end for today. <laughs> but infuse the New York Yankees into the conversation. They just got Carlos Rodan. Rodan, yes. whatever. Ro Rodan, whatever his Rodan. name is. Yep. Sorry, Carlos. <laughs> anyway, well, everyone, uh, this, uh, we could go on forever. But yeah, oh, right. yeah. This this could be a you know 90-minute, two-hour show talking about music. But I think that's a good place to end it for today. And, you know, it, if 
you're listening to this, uh, both either uh, the audio or or watching it on on the video end of things, we'd love to hear your take on the sh the music that's influenced your life, or the shows you've seen, or maybe you are a musician and you've you know the struggles you've had to try to get recognized or anything like that. Please drop a comment, share this with anybody you think might get any value out of it. Um, and we're just trying to build our our small community here, and I think this is a great conversation to have at the coffee table. Yeah, I think another time we should get into the bands that we love and would influence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to do a part two to this at some point yeah. um, and, and talk about the different bands that, that kind of influenced our lives. Uh, with that, Bob, I'll have you end the show. Okay. Two days to Hanukkah, nine days to Christmas. It is time to get excited. Woo! Anyway, as always, be nice, stay safe, and laugh a lot. See you next week going to play a little music here i'm just bouncing back and forth between the music that's available but with that take care of yourselves take care of each other have a great day so long. <laughs> <laughs>